0: Thank you so much, musicians, for sharing all that with us. Don't worry; they'll be up in just a couple minutes during our candlelight portion. Uh, but I wanted to just say how much I love this night, um, everything that Christmas Eve represents. Uh, what a what a joy it is, and it's a lot of fun to share it with all of you. I was thinking about somebody asked me a couple days ago, "What what about the Christmas holiday time do you like the most?" And I said, "You know, it's actually Christmas Eve service at church." Just love the family, the church family fellowship we get to have, and of course the candlelight moment that we'll share in a, in a few minutes, uh, that's, that's a lot of fun as well. Uh, but I thought I would test your Christmas cultural knowledge a little bit today. Um, by the way, my name's Dan Jarvis, if we haven't met, I'm really glad that you could share this special night with us. I'm one of the pastors here, and we have a great staff team of just a lot of different people that serve here, a lot of volunteers who serve here, that make all this possible, and uh, it's also a great time of year. Just, I, I just want to say thank you to all of you who are involved in what, what our church is all about. And uh, hopefully tonight you can feel a little bit of the celebration and joy uh, of the moment. So, Christmas cultural quiz. I'm going to start it out really, really easy, just to make sure you're awake. Who is this? Santa, right? Okay. Now, why is Santa popular? Uh, well, we'd say, well, he gives gifts to people and generally you like the kind of person who gives you things right um in fact santa if you look at the original story of santa saint nick a long time ago he was actually a gift giving guy and like the the legend lives on and the story lives on and when we're inspired by his example all the better so i don't know about your house but at my house right now we're, we're about to bring all the presents out of the hiding places and under the tree and i think we have we have twelve kids tomorrow that'll be opening presents at our house, so there's a lot of presents, like a ton of stuff and uh, so to the extent that you know Santa inspires us, well oh, that's great, okay, but now we're going to take it a a level, a level deeper, a little bit more serious. who's this? Oh, that's Buddy the elf, right? You know him? He knows Santa apparently and uh, and he's pretty excited about Christmas. he He kind of inspires the joy of the Christmas spirit, right but we also know that and if the Christmas spirit is just like us feeling good about ourselves, that's not, that's not really enough. I mean, there's something a lot more to it than just that, something spiritual to all of this uh, that we get to celebrate as well, unless this guy shows up. Who's he? The Grinch. Oh, it's the Grinch, right. And, uh, and I, I was thinking the other day, I, I don't actually know if I like watching that movie. I don't know if you feel this, you know, some movies it's kind of like you welcome it each year or whatever, like, oh, wow, I can't wait to watch it. This movie always just, is just so weird, you know, but, I think, but somehow I end up watching it and think, what am, what am I doing with my time and my life as I watch this over and over again? Um, but, uh, but there it is. So we're glad the Grinch's heart grew a few sizes and he caught the spirit of Christmas and giving and family. This guy didn't. Who's this? Oh, man, Ebenezer Scrooge. You know, you think... The, the selfish, greedy, stingy, not wanting to share anything type of a person, he needed, to, he needed some Christmas spirit, right? Maybe some of you are like that and you need spirit as well, I don't know. Remember, Scrooge had to look at his past, his present, and his future and started to realize, like, I am not on a track, like, this is not who I want to be. If, if, I, want to, if I want my life to matter, I'm going to have to go a different direction than being greedy and selfish. And you remember the spark, like one of the things that helped Scrooge think differently? Who's that? You have to go way back in Disneyland to find this one, right? Tiny Tim. Boy, Tiny Tim comes down and just kind of melts your heart because you realize, like, there are people in the world with real needs, and, and Christmas kind of calls us to think beyond ourselves and to meet needs with compassion, right? Now what would be great is if it didn't take Christmas to make us think about that, like we could be thinking about that all the time, but when we see somebody like Tiny Tim, you know, our hearts go out and we go, okay, yeah, if I've been blessed, I should certainly try to be a blessing to other people. How about this one? Charlie Brown, yeah, and and his, and his Christmas tree, his famous Christmas tree, where you know, they kind of learned the lesson that Christmas isn't about the glitz and the glamour and having everything you know, look great. And Sometimes it's just about the heart of the moment, the spirit of it, the meaning of it. Now, all of this Christmas folklore, it all kind of centers around the idea of giving, right? And, and we understand giving is actually the foundation of Christmas. It's what Christmas has always been about because on the first Christmas night, what happened? god gave an amazing gift to us so i think about all the crazy christmas traditions we have they all kind of spring out of that one moment that one amazing gift that jesus was given to the world jesus was given to you and to me and and we follow we follow god's example when we give so john three sixteen says it so well right for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So we celebrate that. We say, Lord, thank you for being an example of generosity to us, giving us what we didn't earn, didn't deserve, really had no right to. I and mean, God just gave us this over the top gift that was, you know, way beyond whatever would be just, you know, God could have just dished out a few blessings or thrown a few extra dollars in the human improvement fund or something and that would have been great. But God went way beyond that. He gave himself to us, and uh, and that's an amazing thing. So I want to ask you this question. We're often inspired by generosity and the attitudes and lives of others. So who has inspired you? Now, as you think about this, um, obviously, you know, Jesus inspires us, so we we know that. Uh, But when you think about real people, not people in movies, but actual people that you've met, who inspire you to be generous, who, who comes to mind? Something I've noticed about generosity is it's kind of contagious. Have you felt that? Like if someone gives you something and you feel that blessing coming your way, what does it make you want to do? You, you want to start giving to other people, right? And, and, that, and a, big, a big chain reaction of giving starts to happen when we think that way. So sometimes, we would look back at people who have inspired us about generosity and say, wow, thank you. Not just because they maybe gave something to us, but we're thanking them because they sparked something in us that brought us a lot of joy. Because once you catch once you catch the fire of generosity in your heart, you realize, man, life is a lot of fun when you're looking instead of at yourself, you're looking out at how you can serve other people. So I, I want to give you a, a moment to think about this and to turn to your neighbor and just ask them this question, when it comes to giving, who has inspired you? And maybe for you kids in the room, you could ask it this way, uh, who is someone you know who gives a lot? All right, so I'm gonna give you 60 seconds to answer that question to a friend or neighbor right next to you, go for it. By the way, as you're finishing up your story, I was just gonna, just feeling kind of led to make a little confession myself, you know, so I mean, you feel really inspired by other people, you kind of, you, you want to think you're a great giver, So here, I'm doing my own math, like as I'm up here, you know, smiling and presenting these things about what Christmas morning is going to be like tomorrow, and in my mind, as a guy, you guys will know what I'm talking about, as a husband, like I'm thinking, all right, the kids are covered, but I don't know if I'm totally, I don't know if I've got everything I need to have for Melissa yet. Anybody, any other guys have that problem? Kind of like have this nagging feeling like maybe, yeah, right, so... I I don't know exactly what time you'll wake up for Christmas, but you probably have I don't know at least 12 hours, maybe a little more than 12 hours to work this out. So good luck. Um, But let's go back to what we're talking about here. Um, I wanted to talk about one inspirational because I'm not an I'm not inspiring myself right now, so I need to go to God's word here for some help. There's a great story of a church in Macedonia that was was an example of giving. And they were the kind of people who you would not think would be the givers. You would think they would be the people that you would, like, take up an offering to help them. But here, they were helping others. Here's what Paul wrote about them in 2 Corinthians 8. He said, "'I want you to know, brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity.'" For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift to the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than what we'd hoped. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. So you imagine these people that were in their own in their own story, they had lots of need, and they were begging for opportunity, like we want to participate. And, and you can even imagine the people that didn't have a lot of money, they're like, well, I'll give myself, like I just, I want to be a part of giving to other people. So you read that, that story about that church and you go, wow, that is kind of inspiring. And that's why Paul was telling the story to inspire the church of Corinth, that's who Corinthians was written to, that they also should, should grow in the grace of generosity. They should start thinking about other people, not just themselves. So Christmas kind of helps us do this, right? Because it's set aside on our calendar to be a time when we can actually think about generosity. In fact, it's very culturally appropriate to be nice and to give things to people. So you can practice on Christmas, But I think Christmas could be the start of generosity, not the end of it. So um, here's, here's a way to think of this. Your ability to fulfill God's mission for your life and for your family is based on your level of generosity. So if you wake up in the morning, whether it's Christmas morning or New Year's morning or whatever day that you kind of wake up and you're like, all right, it's time to get after it. It's time to make my life count for something. If you want your life to count for something, you have to start in your heart and get generous. Because if life is all about you, your life is not going to add up to very much in the end. But if you start thinking about how you can serve and love and care about other people, how you can add value to other people's lives, suddenly life becomes an amazing adventure. So if you want your mission in life to be clear and to be as, as adventurous as God designed it to be, you get on board with generosity. So you say, well, okay, how do we do that? So that's what takes us all the way back to the beginning, Well, we remember what generosity looks like, what it feels like to be given the greatest gift of all, right? So Jesus came to this world. Uh, When he was born in that manger, it was like God was giving us a gift that would change everything about our lives, and now on the basis of that love, like that God gave to us, we get to love other people. I mean, on the basis of how much we've been given, we get to start going out and giving. And it's not just about money. Think about it. You can give time, give encouragement, give kind words, give, give energy. You can give, you can give your heart. You can give your home. There's all sorts of things that God might invite you to give to serve and love another person. We're just following his example. We say, Lord, if I unwrap the most amazing present of all, that you would come and you care for me and you love me, now, Lord, I want to start sharing and loving Other people as well. So, a couple thoughts on this. The Bible teaches us about four types of generosity. And what I want to do here on Christmas Eve is just give you these four categories. And in your mind, you could just think, how am I doing in that category? Like, am I excelling in it? Am I giving that way? Or have I never really tried to give that way before? And I should start. And Christmas is a great time to begin a resolution about generosity because you probably already have a head start, right? You're going to wake up tomorrow, you're going to feel like, man, I'm killing it. I'm I'm giving. This is great. So you just keep that ball rolling from today forward. So the first kind of generosity the Bible talks about is compassionate generosity. That's like when you see tiny Tim hobbling down the stairs, your heart goes out to him and you think, if I can help, I want to help. And, And this is what my prayer has been in my life along the way and what I, what I want to be the case in my family and for all of us at BCBC is that our first reaction to seeing a need is to think, how can I help? Not, not to be thinking like, all oh, those people deserve that or, oh, that person's in my way or, man, I don't have time for this, but just the first reaction would be to bend toward, how can I help? You know, it's not possible, obviously, for any one of us to serve everyone, help every need, but I kind of want to Right? That's why I want my heart to feel that way. So, Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan, which you might be familiar with. That's the, the guy who got up. He was on a journey. He had his own mission, his own schedule. He ran into someone who was in need, who'd been beaten up by bandits and left for dead on the road. And this Good Samaritan comes along and he, he stops his own plan. He gets down, he helps this guy. And, and he actually spends time with this guy to help him and get him back to health. And you just look at that whole story and go, that's, that's an example of compassionate generosity. Where you're just always sort of ready to respond the way that Jesus would to some need that comes up. So you could ask yourself, as a little matter of a test, am I good at compassionate generosity? And when was the last time that I remember kind of just responding to someone's need and helping them out? And the more that you follow Jesus, the more that just becomes natural, and you really can't even imagine not doing it, okay? But that's only the first part of giving. Here's the next part. It's obedient giving. That's when I say yes to God's priorities and his promptings. So Matthew 6.33 says, you know, the world is out there worrying about themselves. And what's the world worrying about? Well, when Jesus told the parables, he was talking, you know, he said, man, the world's out there worried about what they're going to eat and what they're going to wear. What is our world worried about? And how much is gas going to cost? And what about the inflation? And what about, how how do I get my life all set up? And Jesus said, you know, you could go pursue all that stuff. Your life isn't going to add up to a whole lot. All the worry that you do about all that doesn't amount to anything anyway. Instead, if you'll trust me, Jesus said, if you'll put my kingdom first, I'll provide for you. Your needs will be met. So in faith, we say, okay, God, I'll listen to you. Instead of just listening to myself, or what all the voices around me are yelling. Um, Lord, I want instead to honor you with my choices, my priorities. So if you want me to give, I'll, I'll give. And you, you just start to ask God, like, Lord, where do, you, where do you want me to give? Who do you want me to give toward? And uh, it's a lot of fun to listen to what God wants, to sense his prompting in your life, and then to take action. Um, so that's obedient giving. So you could say, okay, how am I doing when it comes to obeying God when I feel prompted to give. Here's another level of giving, sacrificial giving, which is really well demonstrated by Jesus coming to this world, right? So, so, you, so Jesus told the story about the, the widow who was at the temple, and they were all walking by the offering box at the temple. And, you know, you've got these, whatever, rich dudes out there that are all decked out in cool clothes. They've got their entourage. They flash their big check. They drop it in the box. They wave at the crowd. The cameras flash. All those people are going through doing their thing, and this little humble widow toddles by and drops in two little mites, two pennies in our world. And Jesus points at her and said, this woman has given more than all of the rest of them. And why was that? Because she gave all she had. All those other people, they might have been giving for any number of reasons, but they weren't, there was no sacrifice in what they were doing. Um, yeah, I'm sure the temple appreciated their gift, but that but to them, it wasn't, there was no pain involved in giving it. But for that widow, she was giving out of her very essence, like out of everything she had. And so you think about when you, when you start giving sacrificially, that doesn't just mean money in giving. That, that could mean when you decide to love someone who's really hard to love and it pulls something out of you. That's a sacrifice. I mean, you could just live for yourself, but you jump into somebody else's life and suddenly you're, you're, there's a price you're paying for that, right? Right? Uh, it could be that you have, maybe people stay in your house, they disrupt your whole order of normalcy, and you say, well, I'm doing this not because I have to, but because God has called me to love people this way. So giving can come out of your life in many different directions, and sacrificial giving sounds like it would be a negative thing, like you're like, man, I hope I don't have to do that, but, but here's, here's what we know. Um, that widow who gave all she had, she, she was probably filled with joy more than all those other people, and when you give of yourself... For God, you, your heart is filled with joy and you really do receive more than you give. Uh, and it's an amazing thing. And the only way to find that out is to try it. Okay, here's the fourth thing, and that is strategic giving. And this is where instead of just kind of thinking about what does God want me to do as far as like just giving in a rhythm of, you know, my daily life or something, you, you look out at what needs to be done in the world and you say, how could I give of my life to help those things happen? So you look out and you say, what are the needs that the world has? Like, what are some, what are some challenges that are out there? Lord, I, I want to be invested into those things. And so you start thinking on more of a strategy level about how do I advance what is good in this world and, and be a part of that. So for, for, to, to wrap this up, I would like you to turn back to the Corinthians and see kind of how Paul took that challenge, that example from the Macedonian church, and turned it into some, I think, probably the best text in the Bible about generosity and following the example of Jesus. So Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse six, says, Remember this: the farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a very small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves the one who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide for all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they gave freely and they give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides the seed for the farmer and then the bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then a produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. Isn't that fun? So God is willing to give you blessings so that you can share it with other people. And the more that you start thinking kind of at that strategy level, of saying, I want to be a part of what's important in this world, God will give you the tools that you need to make a difference in that if you're willing to be generous with those tools. So you say, Lord, I don't want to be like the farmer that has you know, a big field and you just go out with like a couple seeds and you stick them in the ground and see what happens. No, I want to be the farmer that's just willing to throw that seed out so that there's a generous harvest of things that result from my life. You say, what would make a life well-lived? It would be a lot of things growing and a lot of good happening all over the place. Like the text says, you know, they scattered their gifts to the poor all over. That's the kind of person I want to be. That's the kind of church we want to be. So Here's a prayer we could pray as we think about this at Christmas time, and just kind of thinking, you know, God kicked off this generosity lifestyle when he gave his son for us. And now, in the spirit of that moment, we say, Lord, help us to be givers too. We want to follow you on this road of being generous. So here's a prayer we can pray. Lord, help us to give the best of ourselves, our resources, and our focus for the things that matter the most. Help us to give to others in the same spirit as you gave to us. There's a little Christmas spirit right there. So I want to pray for us that we would have the courage and the, you know, maybe, the, maybe even the right idea for how we can step into a life of generosity. And, uh, and then together we're going to celebrate with candlelight time, okay? So let's, let's pray together. Lord, you have given us so much. And it is our joy to follow your example And start being givers ourselves. Lord, every one of us has something to offer to a friend in need, to a family member who's discouraged, to a community project that needs done, to some mission project that is is still there on the table to be accomplished. Lord, there are so many things that are good that we can be a part of. And you have have commissioned us to be your ambassadors in this world. So, Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us to understand how you want us to practice generosity, compassionate generosity, obedient generosity, maybe sacrificial and even strategic generosity. And, uh, Lord, we want our lives to add up and count for a whole lot. So thank you for giving us a path forward, a path out of the darkness and into the light, a path out of an aimless walk into a purposeful stride. We're looking forward to where that will take us as we follow you. In Jesus' name we pray.